0: Hey y'all, I'm Emily, an almost lifelong quilter with a lot of stories to tell. I have loved quilts and talking about them for as long as I can remember. And I'm here to celebrate the tradition of quilting with you. From family heirlooms to thrift store finds, every quilt holds a piece of history and a little piece of a quilter's heart. Join me every other week to get back to your quilting roots. We'll celebrate quilts and the real people who made them, learn a little bit about the history of quilting, and have lots of fun exploring ways to reclaim tradition in a modern world. I'm so glad you're joining me this week here at Patchwork Revival. Hey, hey, friends. Happy Friday, March 1st of 2024. Let's mark it down as the day in history that the Patchwork Revival podcast launched into the world. I am your host, Emily. Emily. You can find me on Instagram at Quilting, or on my website at www.dreamlandquilting.com. Don't worry one bit if you didn't catch that because you can always pop down into the show notes and find links to both places and more. This podcast has been a few months in the making and I am so excited that it is out in the world for you to hear. If you listened to the bonus intro episode that came out earlier in the week, you'll know that this podcast is focused on honoring the generational connection we find in quilting and exploring ways that we can bring intentionality and purpose to the quilting legacy that we are creating when we make quilts and pass them on to future generations. I am hoping to keep up a pace that will allow me to release episodes every other week I am doing all of the editing and publishing myself, number one, because I am a complete micromanager, and number two, I am also very cheap, self-employed labor. So just come into this expecting about two episodes per month. I will, of course, be sharing details about the podcast on the podcast Instagram account, which is at Patchwork Revival Podcast. This will be linked in the show notes as well and I'll also share on my business account at Dreamland Quilting to my email subscribers on my website. But just know that the best way to stay up to date, get all the freshest episodes the minute they're released, is to subscribe to the show. On Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'll even have it embedded in my website, but subscribing is the best way to stay up to date and in the loop. I would also be really honored if you shared this podcast with a friend who you think might enjoy it after you give it a listen. So it was really important to me to make this first podcast episode one that was foundational and covers pretty much every single topic that I want to discuss on the podcast as a whole. So this entire episode is centered around the personal quilting history of my grandmother who taught me all of the basics of quilting, Celebrated my learning process along the way. A lot of this is going to be from my very own experience and memories, and then piecing them together to sort of make a timeline that makes sense. And some of the information is from my family members' stories and memories. My mama passed away in 2020. I never really got around to sitting down with her, asking her to share her quilting history with me. So If you have a special quilting mentor in your life, I would definitely encourage you to just sit with them, maybe even while you're quilting, and ask them to tell you some stories, and you'll be glad you did someday. A little fun fact to know is that when I finally had time to record this episode, after meticulous research and preparation, I was actually coming off of a horrific bout of laryngitis my voice was having a really rough time in a few spots. I think everything still came together well. And I really hope you enjoy hearing about this piece of the history of quilting. Thanks for checking out the patchwork revival podcast as a small way to say thank you. I am offering a discount in my pattern shop, especially for you head over to the link in the show notes to find my shop and enter code revival for 15% off your purchase. You'll also find a link to Fat Quarter Shop, my go-to online fabric and notions retailer. By using this link, a portion of any purchase you make will help support the making of future episodes. Thanks for supporting the Patchwork Revival Podcast. Hey, Quilty Friends. It's Emily. I am your host of the Patchwork Revival Podcast. Today, we are going to be taking a trip back in time to meet my grandmother, Coralie Newman, also known as Mama Newman. So this is the woman who taught me how to quilt, but she also taught me what it means to nurture creativity and to encourage creativity in the people around you. And throughout my preparation for this episode, I felt all of the things that I imagined I would feel. I miss her so much, I feel happy, I feel amazed by her life. I feel totally shocked to imagine some of the things that she must have gone through. But mostly I feel so thankful that I have all of her story or as much of her story as I know in one place to share with y'all and with my family someday. So I'll tell you right now that a lifetime would never have felt like enough time to know her Um, But knowing that her story is documented here and will have its own place in recorded history is pretty amazing and is the whole reason that I really wanted to start this podcast. So having her story here is a way that I can share a little piece of her with y'all. I remember her making quilts for as long as I can remember. But for some reason, I really started identifying her as a quilter when I was probably eight or nine years old, Um, she was always working with her hands. She was always quilting, crocheting, embroidering, making bread. Some of my favorite memories of growing up are actually of quilting with her. I would try to go visit her for a week in the summer as I was growing up. I always lived at least probably seven or eight hours away from her. So I'd go for a week, and it would usually turn into almost a retreat, where we would work on a project, or plan a project, or she would show me some of her fabric, or she would show me the projects that she had been working on. And I just loved it. I loved hearing about her work and um, showing her some of my work. So I kept up my visits with her through college, med school, even when I was in residency and I lived in Kentucky. I still love to come visit her and talk about our projects and our work. And even now, I still think about her when I quote. She had such a full life. There's no way for me to cover it all here. And there's no way for me to even know everything. But I think this is a great start to sharing her story with y'all. So my mama was born in March of 1924. So it's immediately post-World War I. That had ended in 1918. The first radio address from the White House was happened and um I think I read somewhere that Rhapsody in Blue was first performed by George Gershwin. So that kind of gives a little setting for the time. So my mama was born in March of 1924 in Decab, Texas. That's out in the sticks of East Texas. It's a very rural area, and I believe she grew up in a pretty agricultural family. Um, quilting was something that she did to keep warm and to have shelter, It was part of her ritual of daily life. I'm sure that she learned to quilt from her mother. My aunt and I have talked about it, and we feel pretty sure that that's the case. She was from a rural agricultural background, so extra money, extra time for quilting was just not a thing. I feel pretty confident that she learned to quilt from her mother sort of as a ritual, just a routine, a domestic sort of knowledge that just came at that time. They made quilts out of necessity to stay warm and to provide shelter. And I expect that, you know, her quilting continued through the 1930s and 1940s as she grew. I know in the 40s, she married my granddad. They quickly had a baby. My uncle was three years old when my grandfather, Papa, got drafted into World War II he was stationed in Germany, and he left just before my aunt was born. So my mama was there with a newborn that was born after my grandfather left. She had a three-year-old. She was by herself. Of course, there was a community of women and her family you know, nearby. It was different times, and people were in the same situation. But just imagining that really is shocking, and I I have such an appreciation for her strength. My grandfather came home from the war as an alcoholic. I'm not going to go too much into that because I don't know that much about it. It's not something that she talked about. But I do know there was a really incredible redemption story there. And that's kind of beyond the scope of this podcast. But needless to say, when the family talks about it or describes it or remembers it, basically the way they describe it is that there were a lot of lean years during that time. So later in 1959, what I do know is that their house burned down completely in a house fire. They lost everything. Thank God they were not home. It was my mama and papa. And then they had three kids at this time because my second aunt had been born. They lost quilts. They lost photos. They lost clothes. But their community rallied around them. One of my favorite stories is of how the church women gave their old quilts to them to help them get back on their feet, to help provide them with some shelter, some comfort during that time. Her last child was my dad, and he was born in 1962. Papa was working at the oil refinery in town. My dad had started grade school. So my mama started working as a teacher's aide in the 1960s. The thing to know about my mama is that She loved reading, and if she was not quilting, she was reading to her grandkids. She loved reading, and she passed that on to a lot of us. In fact, I have a cousin who is a librarian, so she passed on so much more than her quilting legacy to each of us. And we all have our own sort of special connection and memories to her, which is pretty amazing because she has a lot of grandchildren. In 1985, my papa passed away of lung cancer. I never knew him. So my grandmother was widowed at this time. All of her children were grown. My dad, as her youngest, was in his 20s. And essentially, she was volunteering as a hospice visitor where she would go visit hospice patients. She was very active in her church. She was a very devoted grandmother. She called us her pride and joy as her grandchildren. But throughout all of this and all of these years, She was making quilts as part of her daily life, and I expect also as a ritual of making and of using her hands. In 1993, she and a group of ladies from her church started a quilting group. They called themselves, I think, the Sunshine Quilters, but really she referred to them as the church ladies. So they met once a week as an all-day affair. So they would bring a potluck, kind of style lunch and snacks they would sit around a quilting frame all day and quilt a quilt by hand. They once a month would rotate where they would bring their own project and then they would all quilt it together. So it was definitely a community effort. And I have a lot of quilts of hers that I suspect were quilted by this community. They would also put on quilt shows for their sort of local area where they would showcase their work They made a quilt together as a group, and they would raffle it. And so they would raise money both by charging, I think, admission to their quilt shows, so I'm not sure of that, but also by selling raffle tickets. And they would use that money to give their church, and probably also I expect to sort of help um, sort of fund some of their days. Some days they really wouldn't quilt at all. They would just have little fun get-togethers where they'd have lunch or play cards or play dominoes. She would host this. Sort of as a little retreat. So let's talk about some of her quilts. Some of the earliest quilts I remember associating with her were Christmas quilts, just basic patchwork kind of trip around the world quilts with kind of classic Christmas colors and fabrics. Um, She made applique quilts, a lot of Santas, a lot of angels. She loved Eleanor Burns. She actually made an Eleanor Burns version of a double wedding ring quilt for my wedding gift. It was a double wedding ring and I love that quilt. She made me a king size quilt of these dogwood flowers. I don't know how she constructed it, but I would like to figure that out. And it's a almost like 3D, the flowers come off the quilt a little bit. It's really neat. And I think I have a picture of that somewhere. So I'm gonna try to link that in the show notes. I also have a book, like a little photo album that she put together of pictures of her quilts. They're not great photos, but it's such a treasure because it documents her work and helps us to sort of know which quilt she made and maybe when she made it, at least in relation to her other work. So I do have an episode planned where we'll talk about labeling and documenting our work in a later episode, but This is a real treasure, and I love having that. We did make a couple quilts together. The first quilt I ever made was a tiny little nine patch made of scraps from her stash. It was literally one patch, a tiny little like wall hanging that she kept on her wall, which was really cute. And then my Blue Prairie Queen quilt, which is actually right behind me, this is a pattern that she found. She cut it up for me. She used her turn at the church ladies quilt group to have it quilted. So it is super special. I also have a t shirt quilt that we made together. We made it on one of those weeks that I visited her. I knew that I wanted to make some of my undergrad t shirts into a keepsake, a little t shirt quilt that she helped me put together. To this day, I think that's the only quilt that I've had long armed because we decided that would be the best way to make sure it was quilted well with all the interfacing, and I chose a a flannel backing, so that was my first long arm quilt. She made a lot of t shirt quilts for her granddaughters and for her great granddaughters. Um, a lot of them played sports and things, so they had special t shirts to remember. Um, she gave me fabric, a lot of fabric. I still have tons of it because I just couldn't bear to part with it. After she passed away, I have made a quilt using her fabric specifically, and then I still try to incorporate some of her fabric into my work when I can because I still see her in those fabrics. I can remember some of the quilts that she made that used that specific fabric, so it's special to me, and I'm glad that I have it. So over time, she became one of the oldest ladies in that quilting group. She stayed active sewing with them well into her 90s, One of them actually shared a story with our family after she passed away. I think they had had a conversation about what time they got up that morning or what they were doing. And Mama had mentioned that she was up at, you know, five in the morning. She was always up at the crack of dawn. And somebody asked my Mama, well, why were you up so early? And her answer was that she rose out of bed early in the mornings so that she could pray before her day started. And during her prayer time, part of her practice was to take time to go around each lady's spot at the quilt on the frame and say a prayer for her. I thought that was such a special thing and such a neat way to remember her. So I actually have given her a quilt. I gave her a quilt, I think it was actually the year that she died. And it was a project that I had started in ninth or 10th grade. I can't remember, but... It was a little self-drafted economy block quilt. I was like no contrast when I chose my fabrics. It was very clearly a novice or early quilt, but I finished it and I carried it with me for a whole decade or more till I finally finished hand quilting it and decided to gift it to her. She gave so many of us, her children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren quilts that I just felt like I wanted her to have one that I had made and I hope she loved it. I got it back eventually with a few of her other quilts after she had passed away. And it's still sitting in my sewing room in a pillowcase. That's how she stored all her finished quilts was in a pillowcase rolled up. I don't know when I'll really feel ready to open it. But I also have a cathedral window quilt that we had started together. It's all hand stitched and it's, I think, like two inch finished squares. So maybe I'll finish that someday. But it has her fabrics Featured throughout, so it's really special to me. So here we are in 2024, speaking about a woman who was born literally a century ago. I feel so many emotions thinking about her, but what I mostly feel is lucky. I feel so lucky that she was my grandma and so lucky that I got to spend 32 years quilting with her, even though some of it was long distance, most of it was. But even now, I still quilt with her because. Not a single project goes by that I don't wonder what fabrics she would choose or what she might think of my colors or what she would tell me about the patterns I designed. I wonder if she would have made them. I do know that she would have had a difficult time being the center of attention in this episode, but she deserves to be highlighted for the amazing woman that she was, I am so grateful to her, and I'm amazed at the door that she's opened with me just by sharing her love of quilting. She has really inspired me to be continually creating, even in difficult times or in busy times, because it makes our world bright. And she's inspired me to share my work and to build a community of quilters around me because sharing is important. She's transformed my sewing practice into a way that I can pray and meditate and process the things around me that are going on because being still and being quiet is important. So she was important. And I hope that hearing some of her story and hearing about what her quilting legacy means to me will show you how important you are. Because when we make quilts or dedicate time to quilting, we are creating a legacy that will be here long after we are. My hope is that you'll think a little bit on this next time you're sewing. And just remember how special quilting is and how it's about so much more than just the quilt that you're making. I wanted to close out this episode with a reading from The Romance of the Patchwork Quilt. It's my little book that I found at a thrift store, but I love it. It was written in 1935 by a woman named Carrie Hall. And I want to just read this. It made me think of my mama because I know she was quilting, even as a child, through some really difficult times. The Great Depression, the World War, and now I can come back and I can read this this excerpt from a book written in 1935 and I think about her where it says, we hear so much about this jazz age being hard on the nerves. Quilt making is the ideal prescription for high tension nerves. It is soothing and there is no exercise can equal that of really creating something with the hands. And later, the product of these hands may be handed down as treasured heirlooms. So... That's it for this episode. I hope that you'll remember my mama. I hope that you'll remember the person who taught you how to quilt. I hope that if you don't have any of those people in your life, you will consider how you are becoming that person for somebody else. And I hope that you'll remember that quilting is really a lot more than just the quilts we're making. It's a legacy. It's important. Thank you for being here. Well, that's it for this episode of Patchwork Revival. I loved having you here with me talking all things Quilty. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a rave review. Also, be sure to jump down to the show notes to find links for this episode, as well as the link to my shop where you can enjoy 15% off as a podcast listener with code REVIVAL. Remember, that the Patchwork Revival podcast is here to celebrate the connection made in the quilts we love. I'll see you next time.